Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 443. As part of our Smithsonian Associates Inside Science Earth Optimism Initiative, today's show is another important one. I say that a lot lately because the 50th anniversary of Earth Day is two days away, April 22nd. Are we there yet? Almost. With just two days until Earth Day 50th anniversary, I wanted to make sure you had everything you need to join the global digital surge at earthoptimism.si.edu. In the surge, we're getting the whole world talking about Earth Day. We're flooding digital platforms with messages of hope, optimism, and action to keep the environment front and center in our collective global conversation. Join in from wherever you are with the hashtag Earth Day 2020. Given the social distancing we are all practicing, one of the truly great ways to join in the celebration is to join the digital Earth Optimism event April 22nd through 24th. We'll have links to where you can do that in the show notes. But our guest today, Paul Del Ponte, is a longtime planet Earth recycling and environmental advocate and he mentions the Earth Optimism, earthoptimism.si.edu event. The Earth Optimism event is just that, an event of optimism about our planet Earth, and the 50th anniversary of Earth Day is right in time to celebrate. Because meeting the shock and awe of extreme floods, droughts, storms, and fires from California and the Mississippi to Venice and the Caribbean calls for plans and action, as well as optimism. As the planet faces changes in climate and increased extreme weather events, adaptation is higher than ever before on the global agenda. But we have to start thinking we can do this. Don't doubt. Have faith. And please listen and act on what Paul Del Ponte will share with us. Our in-person interactions will return. But right now, we have Paul Del Ponte to talk to us via the internet phone and help us understand how to better celebrate Earth Day's 50th anniversary. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better show, Paul Del Ponte. Paul Del Ponte, welcome to the program. Thank you, Paul. Great to be here. It's great to talk to you, too. But uh, how are you doing? How's your family? Everybody good? You guys uh, surviving? You making it through? We are surviving. I I think like uh, many people, we're adjusting to what is a new normal. And, um, you know, we we all have adjustments. We're going getting through it and uh, life will go on. We hope. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you for that. And, and good to hear that. Of course, we wish you the best and um, hang in there. Just, uh, you know, stay safe, stay wise with social distancing, all of those kinds of things. But let's jump into uh, kind of an exciting topic. I, I certainly think I'm, I'm old enough <laughs> to remember this is a very exciting time and talking about Earth Day, the 50th anniversary is coming up. And I I, I want to ask you, certainly um, your, with your many hats on around this subject of recycling and Earth Day and our planet, how are you celebrating Earth Day this year, knowing that it's our, our 50th anniversary? <laughs> it is our 50th anniversary, and it really is a, a wonderful thing. And that when it began 50 years ago, um, it would, you know, folks didn't realize it would be something that would really take root and uh, live on and on. And it's important that it did. Um, Like we were talking, we're all adjusting to a new normal. For the last several years, I've used Earth Day as an opportunity to uh, take a hike with my kids in one of our state or natural parks. That's not going to be possible this year. You know, we're stay-at-home orders and all that, and so aren't going to be able to 
get in the car and drive that far. But what we will do is I think it's important for me, the intergenerational aspects in the learning component of Earth Day is what's really important. So we're going to take some trash bags and go around some of the local roads and pick up trash alongside of the road. And hopefully people will see us and uh, will join us. Uh, the whole part of Earth Day is to get others involved. And so uh, uh, set a small example and do things. And that's what I'm looking forward to in a couple of days. That's a great example. You, you are such a good example. I've known you for a couple of years now, and you, you do some really great work. And I, I love this idea of involving other generations, this intergenerational notion that you talk about. And so our, my audience, mainly those of us who are over age 55, you know, we were younger when Earth Day uh, became celebrated, yet many young people are involved. And and there's a lot that we can gain, I think, in, in my generation to observe this, to note the cooperation just as you're doing. So maybe tell us a few of the examples beyond your own family that you've seen that, that might be successful for our audience to kind of uh, undertake and, um, and to celebrate, you know, right along with you out there. Absolutely, absolutely. One can look at the 50th anniversary of Earth Day as an opportunity to get back to the origins and the roots of Earth Day itself. Uh, some of your listeners who were around will remember that Earth Day began as a teach-in. Uh, Senator Gaylord Nelson, a noted environmentalist, senator from Wisconsin, came up with the idea. And uh, the, the April 22nd was picked because it was sort of halfway between um, spring break and final exams. So it would give college campuses and students and teachers an opportunity to have some time before um, uh, they got into the crunch of finals to take a day and learn about the science behind the earth, the environment, and, and all of that. What's interesting is that one of the first things uh, Senator Nelson did, and he was a Democrat, was he enlisted a Republican who was opposed to many of the environmental legislation and, and actions around the time to become co-chair of Earth Day. It was an opportunity to reach out, reach out to others who might not see things from your own point of view. And I think when we think of this current political climate that we're in, where it is hyper-partisan, where that many people want to deny science, that it's important to reach out. Do it in a non-threatening way, uh, but reach out to others. Reach out to someone. Maybe it's a friend on Facebook who you argue with and say, hey, I want to invite you to plant a garden. Plant some seeds out in the backyard for Earth Day. We don't have to get into the politics, but just do something. And I think that was the beauty of Earth Day 50 years ago and why it has survived because it takes into account that you have people from different philosophies, different backgrounds, different perspectives, different ages. And it's the idea is to unite them behind the one thing we all have in common, and that's the Earth we live on. When we come back, Paul Ponte will share why Earth Day should be every day to be an Earth-focused day and what Paul Ponte is optimistic about when it comes to planet Earth. Really interesting stuff. Stay with us. Hey, everyone. Many of you, like me, are staying at home to help stop the spread of the coronavirus. And I know many, too, are using this unexpected gift of time to learn something new. 
you might think of exploring your inner interest in the planet. And one way, for example, is to get involved with the 2020 Earth Optimism Digital Summit scheduled for the 50th anniversary of Earth Day, April 22nd through the 24th. I'm doing this personally, and I invite you to be optimistic. Learn about this wonderful movement titled, of course, Earth Optimism. And check out their website and list of activities, which is changing all the time. So stop by earthoptimism.si.edu. We're going to put all of this in our show notes. But stop by the website and learn about the Earth just in time for Earth Day. The 2020 Earth Optimism Digital Summit kicks off April 22nd. So I invite you to learn something new about changing the conservation conversation from doom and gloom to optimism and opportunity. You can check out our show notes for more details and stay tuned for more Earth Optimism 2020 information with future guests. But you can go directly, of course, to earthoptimism.si.edu for all of that information and you'll learn all about the event and all of the great activities. Thank you. We are back with Paul Doponte, well-known planet Earth advocate and policy expert. Paul Doponte is a long-standing environmentalist, recycler, well-known for your work in this area and uh, and your advocacy on behalf of, of planet Earth. And so I guess in that role that you've had over the years – Tell us why why we should care about an Earth Day and, and shouldn't we really care about the planet Earth every day? That might seem like an obvious question, but I guess I'd love to hear your response to that and, and and maybe tell us a little bit about you know the need to focus on this beyond this day to really solve some of these global issues that we're facing. Absolutely. Um, the foundation of Earth Day, as you know, we just stored uh, talked about was to create a teaching moment to take one day a year and make a special effort to educate others, to learn yourself and to involve others. You get into that habit and you can make it an everyday occurrence. The things we do, the little things you mentioned, recycling. Well, we can always improve our, our own recycling habits. You know, there are, there are times when uh, I, I've got a piece of plastic and it's convenient to just throw it in the trash can and not bring it out into the garage into the recycling bin. So, you know, we're, we're all guilty of that. It's not nothing to be ashamed of, but it's something to realize and realize you can improve. And to improve in a bigger way, we are facing an immediate crisis right now um, with the coronavirus. We have to look at that as a wake-up call. When you look at what's happened to the earth, it's not a one-day crisis. It is something that has been built up over time. CO2 emissions. Um, there have been an, any number of reports that are pointing to um, clear skies in cities uh, now because of all the um, stay-at-home orders. And that pollution is down. We have to keep in mind, yes, it's down, and that's a good thing. It shows the earth's ability to heal. But the effects of CO2 have been built up over decades and decades. They're not going to go away because of a, a few weeks or even a month or two of stay-at-home orders. Um, they'll improve, and it shows the ability of, of the Earth to be resilient 
and that we can make change and we can make uh, we can make a difference. It has to be sustained because the problems that we created as humans on our planet did not happen overnight. It was not like uh, one one day uh, somebody got a virus and then it started to spread and a pandemic started. It's been slowly building. Uh, it's been it was slowly building before Earth Day was started. Uh, Earth Day was, uh, you know, the, um, uh, 50 years ago, the environment was at a crisis point. Uh, and if we look at the progress we made, uh, you know, we had um, the, uh, the city of Cleveland was looking out over flames over Lake Erie uh, because the water was so polluted. And now it's not. Um, Los Angeles um, had smog alert after smog alert to the point where people were going to need to wear face masks all the time. Now you don't. It has improved. We have made improvements. We have made strides. But we also know there is much, much more to be done and that um, taking one day out of the year to remember it and to learn a little bit more and to evolve others is critically important. But it just can't stop um, after Earth Day's over. You've got to keep going at it. Mm-hmm. I remember well the Cuyahoga River on fire and those reports yeah. of those days, and we we've made strides. I, I like that approach. I like your positivity, of course, and and I do think that with CO two emissions, clear skies, um, there's there's much to be optimistic about, despite this being almost an overwhelming subject at times. So. Maybe be a cheerleader for us a little bit, sure, Paul Ponte, sure. and tell us, <laughs> I, I, I think is innovation happening around that? Uh, yeah, there please, is. Go. Uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think we all have to act together so that a global disaster doesn't happen again. Like I said, this can, to some extent, can be seen as a wake-up call. But we can't make the same mistake twice. We weren't prepared as a nation. We weren't prepared as a, as, um, a multi-nation society to confront a global pandemic. We're not prepared right now to confront a global climate crisis that is in the brewing. And, you know, to t- take uh, some optimistic steps, um, you know, we talk about intergenerational activities. Our young people are enormously concerned about the planet and what they're going to be left as their inheritance on this earth. When we think about um, our, our environmental leaders, the first person that comes to mind is a teenager, um, Greta Thunberg. And that is a shining example of the commitment that has been made across generations, that the generation now in their um, 60s and 70s that were around when Earth Day began is the generation of the parents and grandparents of the people who will carry that mantle and really be alive to see the improvements and to see the change happen that needs to occur in order to avert a global climate crisis. Um, So thinking about what we can do um, and where, where change is happening, it's happening all over the place. It's happening on the local level. It's happening on the national level. And it's happening certainly on the international level. The United States was always seen as a leader. I don't think you can unequivocally say that anymore. But it's important that we regain that leadership mantle. And I think that's where we can start uh, focusing. There, um, uh, 
couple of years ago when Ale- uh, Congresswoman Alexander Nicasio uh, uh, Cortez came on the scene. She took on the environmental cause as part of an economic cause. And that, again, is going back to some of the roots around environmental action and Earth Day that we know from scientific research and from our own lives and common sense is that the first people who are affected by negative things happening to the Earth are those who have the least. They have the least to solve the problems. They have the least – they have the fewest resources to survive the problems. We're seeing that again with the coronavirus. So this is something that has to transcend um, ethnic groups. It has to transcend nationalities. It has to transcend socioeconomic background. This is something that has to reach into all our neighborhoods and uh, take action. And no action is too small or too big. And I think that's the way we have to look at it. You know, I've talked about the example of uh, going out and picking up trash with my children. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, it, it's simple, but it's important. It sends a message. It sends an important message about learning. Ed is not lost on me, and I absolutely want to underscore that. I think this idea of intergenerational involvement and kind of rallying together, irrespective of socioeconomic background, of age, of, of any one of these areas is crucial to this being viewed optimistically going forward and and in order to celebrate it. And so I really cheer you on, <laughs> Paul Del Ponte and your family for going out there and, and doing this. But maybe give us some advice about, in addition to cheering you on, with Earth Day 50 coming up, how, how do we celebrate this the right way and, and get involved? There are lots of ways to get involved. Uh, for, for someone listening out there, one of the first things you can do is go to the Earth Day website, www.earthday.org. There are suggestions on the website uh, of things you can do, ways you can get involved. If you think of Earth Day from its first teaching moments across college campuses, well, right now, college campuses are, for the most part, I think, are all shut down, and there is online learning. There are multiple online learning opportunities uh, for people of any age. Um, You can, uh, places that you would normally visit, to go out and learn. Some of our museums, national parks, the websites all now have wonderful at-home learning opportunities for anyone of any age. The National Park Service website, the Smithsonian uh, Institute, um, si.edu. Any number of opportunities of things that you might be interested in where you could uh, join with your children, your grandchildren, by yourselves, with friends, with neighbors, uh, across Skype, uh, uh, or Zoom, or whatever platform you you prefer, and take this as an opportunity to learn a little bit more. Um, Go to some of those resources. And when when we talk about an intergenerational audience, and we talk about a 50-plus or 55-plus audience, keep in mind that today, and by today's longevity standards, if you're 50 or 55 plus, you're looking at another 50 plus years of people to involve. Uh, you know, we have had the tr- uh, we've had the the fastest population growth in the U.S. and ac- across the globe has been in the uh, 100 plus population. People are living to 100, and that in and of itself 
is a great opportunity for intergenerational learning and understanding. If you are fortunate enough to have a relative or a friend who has made it past 100, use Earth Day as an opportunity to talk to them, interview them. Learn what, you know, how they've seen the Earth change. Ask them what they've seen as improvements and setbacks. From their understanding, you will increase your own understanding. Um, and then the other thing that I noticed in, in getting ready for this interview, I, I went out and I sort of did a little bit of research and saw some other things um, that others were doing that could be inter intergenerational. And I think one thing that we all have to keep in mind um, I heard some years ago uh, from a disability rights activist, we're all put on this earth and we're all just temporarily abled. That at some point in our lives, most, if not all of us, will experience some form of disability. And when we think about a 55 plus um, audience in age cohort, it spans a spectrum. You've had people uh, uh, who've been 80 plus who've been able to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Uh, so you're, and then you have others who need ongoing daily care. I was struck by the number of um, senior living facilities in senior organizations who are making special efforts around this Earth Day. And when you keep in, well, for many of the residents, they were around for the first Earth Day, and they want to remember that. It's a po it was a positive experience in their lives. And if we look at the history of social change movements uh, and think back of, uh, to more than 50 years ago to perhaps the greatest social achievement for older Americans was the creation of Social Security. Social Security was spurred on by young people. It was the great Social Security march uh, that led to the passage of FDR's um, Social Security legislation. It was by young people marching on Washington. And that same generation, as people wanted to tear down Social Security, repeal it, uh, and if you remember back to Claude Pepper, he was, a, he was a young senator when Social Security passed. And he uh, lived uh, to his very last breath, was an advocate for Social Security and seniors. And so the intergenerational aspects of any social change, of any social movement, are what keep the movement together. And that is proven to be the case uh, through 50 years of Earth Day and beyond. Paul DeFondi, I love talking to you. Your optimism is just infectious. I'm smiling at the mention of Claude Pepper. I've oh, great man. Smiling and nodding. <laughs> yeah, great man. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're going to put up links to where you can find more information about Paul and all that he's doing. Put up links to, uh, Paul mentioned, uh, Smithsonian. They've got their Earth Optimism Day coming up uh, to coincide with Earth Day 50 this this week. But Paul DePonte, thank you so much for your time, being so generous and being so upbeat about all this stuff. Thank you, Paul. It was great to have this chance to talk to you about a topic we should all care more and more about. My thanks to Paul DePonte for joining us today to talk about Earth Day and how the global conservation movement has reached a turning point. We are all aware, and it has been well documented, the fast pace of habitat loss, the growing number of endangered and extinct species, and the increasing speed of global climate change. Yet, while the seriousness of these threats cannot be denied, there are a growing number of examples of improvements in the health of species and ecosystems, along with the benefits to human well-being 
thanks to our conservation actions. Earth Optimism celebrates a change in focus from problem to solution, from a sense of loss to one of hope. In the dialogue about conservation and sustainability, join me in supporting and attending Earth Day 50th anniversary and the events such as Earth Optimism Digital Summit. Again, as Paul Del Ponte mentioned, check out earthoptimism.si.edu. Of course, my thanks always to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Remember, stay safe, everyone. Practice smart social distancing and talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody.